The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, everyone. We're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Bluewire Studios comes Golden Goal, the story of soccer legends. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers, all narrated by Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's Always Cheating podcast. From Holland, Zaltan, Messi, Rapino, and many more, each episode will focus on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and check out Golden Goal, the story of soccer legends wherever you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan because, and I meant, I, I feel like that felt like I meant it. You said it was some meeting there, some oomph. I did. So I've promised Nick beforehand, I'm going to treat at least the first half of this podcast as if baseball is going to happen. Um, we're going to get 60 games. We're going to get the playoffs. And so with that, we're recording this. It's about six o'clock on Tuesday. Um, so the second simulation game, inner squad game hasn't started yet, but the boys are buzzing. The guy, the guys are there. They're in the Bronx. They're working out. They're practicing. They played an inter squad game and I've been very negative, right? And I still don't think there's going to be a season, but we'll talk about that in the second half. Um, but I, you know, there's been times where I'm just like, you know, like, just fuck baseball, you know? Like, fuck you, baseball, as a sport, as a business, as a league. Uh, but, man, once you see the boys in the pinstripe pants in the Bronx, things turn around for you. Once you see them with those sleeveless hoodies, that's when things turn around for me. Stan was looking good in his sleeveless hoodie, <laughs> let me tell you. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I, um, yeah, I, it was, you know, when... What got me hooked at first was the Cole simulation game that, like, no one knew was happening, and he was just in, like, his clothes from home. And that was Thursday. Yeah. So that felt like – and I, we've, I don't know if we've even had this discussion. Did you play baseball in, like, high school? Uh, yeah, I played through high school. Okay. Did you play for, like, summer league teams too or just on your high school team? I played Legion in the summer, yeah. Okay. So after you do, like – all your winter workouts and then like you have your high school season and you're kind of buzzing. Like you've got, you know, you're where you need to be physically. And then a Legion ball starts where it's not just your high school team. It's like guys from different high schools. And it's, to a certain extent, it's like the best of the best. And it's warm. The ball's carrying. Yeah. You're feeling good. And those first couple, you know, the beginning of the spring season workouts are in the winter when it's cold, very similar to spring training. And you're just trying to get loose from like a season of lifting or whatever it is. And then, but for summer ball, you're already loose. You're ready to go. And now you're just with like the best of the best. And so like the practices aren't as hard because you don't have to work as much on your cutoffs and you're not, you're not working off that rust. 
And that's what that felt like. When they were just like, yo, hey, we just showed up. The boys are just here. Getting a little loose. Like, it, it was almost like when you go in maybe even like Little League or, again, like Legion Ball, when you're just going to pick up your uniforms. Just, hey, come pick up your uniform so you have it to wear to the first game. And it's like, ah, well, we all brought our gloves. We're screwing around. That's what it felt like. And it was good energy that I loved. Oh, it's a, it's a great analogy. And I remember in high school practices, you got to wear pants every day. You're working on leads and rundowns and all that boring bullshit. And then you get to summer legion. You're wearing shorts and tank tops and hoodies and taking batting practice, shagging balls. Way more fun. Way better atmosphere. And they're calling it summer camp. It definitely has that vibe a little bit, the summer camp vibe. Yeah. I mean, well, high school baseball coaches are still teachers, so they're trying to teach you, whereas like summer ball coaches are trying to win. Right. Like, they just care. Like, yo, I don't give a shit about winning here you know that's where like my high school teacher my high school coaches never told me to skip class or anything like that my travel ball coaches were like here's a website where you can get all your papers written for you we pay the for high school membership. coaches are trying to mold you yeah and the legion coaches are just trying to win exactly. trying to win yeah and that's what it felt like so just seeing that was was great just you know impromptu no one was expecting it like when are they even going to start working out what are they going to wear for workouts and it's just like hey we've got this new toy um because also uh, you know and again obviously i know it's not the same level as being garrett cole but like i was a left-handed pitcher who threw hard so like i'd show up to a new travel team and it would be like that like oh shit we got this now we're rolling out this new toy people stand around and watch and that's exactly what they were doing at Yankee Stadium. It seemed like everybody on their phone or whoever was at the stadium was all locked in on Cole. And that shot of him facing Judge in a live at bat on Thursday, oh, baby, that yeah. was a sight. I mean, and I love what Judge said about that. You know, like, hey, I got in the box and was like, hey, G, what's up? You know, gave him a look and he looked right through me. And I think that is, we need that. And, there's been some chatter already about how Cole, even though he's the newest guy on the team, is becoming a leader. We heard him months, it feels like forever ago, but in spring training and when he first signed, we would hear him talk about pitching. And you heard other guys talk about him talking about pitching and the way he approaches it and how you know he's clearly going to be a leader in that rotation, but it looks like now a leader in the clubhouse because when you get a couple outs away from winning a World Series a year ago, I don't know, 300 something million dollars, like cancels that out. You know, you only, you sign with a team that's in a window. You don't know how long that window is going to be. You've signed long enough for two windows, but regardless, 60 games, like, again, I don't think it's, you know, it's not the same to me, but you still want to win whatever it is. Oh, absolutely. And I always go back to, look, there are 324 million reasons why the Yankees signed Garrett Cole. And one of those is that he's just obsessed with pitching. And during his press conference, he talked a little bit about how the Yankee that he most admired was Masahiro Tanaka because Tanaka's a workhorse. Tanaka's obsessed with pitching. He works his ass off and he's all business. And that's how Cole is. I really think he's going to rub off well on the staff. Yeah, I think not just the staff, I think the team in general, because there is that laissez-faire attitude that is, you know, that we saw on Thursday and like, hey, we're wearing our clothes. And then, you know, when you see the um, the first intra-squad game, I mean, there was like one good hit ball. The batters are way behind the pitchers, uh, which is natural. I'm sure that's happening across the league. But it's very easy to get complacent and be behind that and just like – and there's also the chatter of – What's going on in the world, uh, whether it be uh, you know, social issues, whether it's medical issues, you hear about other players dropping out, it's very easy to get distracted. And if you get distracted and you lose seven of your first ten, you're in trouble. And oh, Cole's going to keep that focus. There are a ton of distractions out there, and you really notice it when you look at other pitchers around the league that are you're not sure if they're going to play, and we'll get to all that, but a, a few other pitchers are expecting babies, and they're not sure what they're going to do, and Cole just kind of nonchalantly, Amy had the baby, and he was there at the ballpark the same day. That just seems like the kind of guy that he is. He's all business. He hasn't even enter, entertained the idea of not playing. The guy is a total gamer. You got to love it. I think, and obviously, I don't know their marriage, but she was an athlete. She gets that competitive, you know, like she's, and I think she's been with him because she went to UCLA too. So she's been with him through this entire rise. Anything maybe he's ever said about playing for the Yankees. And at a certain point, it's like, I don't know, go out there and get the 320 
four million dollars. <laughs> like, <laughs> I gotta go to work at a certain point. So, yeah. uh, we bought this big house. I gotta pay for it. So, there's an obligation there with the contract for sure. And and it was, but it was it was great. It was fun to see. Even seeing on Wednesday when guys were coming in for their tests and just seeing like, first of all, where the hell did Glaber and Geo come from? Like they were walking from the North Bronx. Like where did they live? Do they just have an apartment on like Grand Concourse? Because everyone else, it was like, oh, here's Clint Frazier came off a bus from the city. Like they had a bunch of guys come off there. Here's, you know, Patson driving into the stadium. And it's just like, oh, these dudes came from the direction you're not supposed to come from. Like were they taking pictures on the Joker steps? They were probably hanging with Francisco Lindor somewhere. Those three are always together. Yeah. Lindor, Urshela, and and Glaber during the offseason. Maybe they were maybe they were hanging with him uptown a little bit. But that that shot of Glaber and Gio with the masks giving the peace sign was sick. That was getting the juices flowing for me. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh man. I I now think about whenever I see something, I'm like, how's this impact Nick? Like, what is Nick feeling right now? <laughs> I love those shots of them walking in or getting off the plane. Like, I I live for that shit. Yeah, and it was just I just want to know where they were. Like before that, like, did you guys, there's free parking for you guys. You guys work here. <laughs> did you park up the block? Like, you know, didn't even want to park in a lot. And it's not like anything's open. I mean, maybe they were getting slices of pizza. I mean, if you're, I mean, do you think there's any chance that they just have an apartment? Maybe they might. They might have a second spot. I mean, I'm sure Gla- Glaber's married. I'm sure he obviously lives with his wife primarily, but they might have a second little bachelor pad by the stadium or something. I'm not sure. Well, like in a situation like this, like I don't know, like is his wife in New York? You know, is she, you know, do you bring your family to this or whether he has a place in Tampa? Like, cause again, he doesn't have a lot of money. So it's not like, oh, he like, yes, he is going to be a Yankee for a very long time and he's going to make a lot of money in New York. And yeah, you could finance stuff like in advance. But a lot of these guys, I mean, when judges sec, I think it was 2017, judge wasn't sure if he was going to make the roster. So he didn't get an apartment until like after Easter. He was living with Gardner and his family and then he ate all Gardner's kids uh Easter candy one night and Gardner was like, dude, you got to get your own place. I love that story. And that's just like literally the day before someone was like, you know, Gardner and judge smoke a lot of weed. And I was like, nah, no way. And then that came out. They don't test. Yeah. So I do wonder about the housing situation for all of these guys. Like maybe some of the guys that normally live in the city, did they rent, did they rent a house for the summer in Connecticut, in North Jersey, somewhere else? Because most people, not just baseball players, most people got the hell out of Manhattan. A long time ago. And it's just like, if you can't do, I mean, it's the reason I don't live in Manhattan anymore. If you're not going to a Broadway show a week, like if you can't reap the benefits of Manhattan, why would you be there? Exactly. exactly. Um, and like, if you could find like a decent, you could probably get a, a decent two bedroom in the Bronx for very cheap and just be like, yeah, we just, you know, we need it for three months. Yeah, I'm sure you maybe get a deal being a Yankee. Any landlord would want want to have you. Yeah, and I even thought about the Bronx was like when New York was bad. The Bronx was like was the worst, um, just due to socioeconomic situations there. Uh, but I was even looking before the season. I was looking and was gonna try to float to Scott getting a Bronx pinstripes like sublet. Like oh if there was like God. a summer, if there was like an apartment sublet near the stadium that we could get for like a thousand, fifteen hundred a month. Scott comes up, I go up, you go up. This isn't bring your family. This isn't bring yeah. your wife. This is a fucking crash pad of air mattresses. That'd be awesome. Twenty twenty one, maybe. I mean, I keep an eye out on it. Um, but yeah, so the boys are back, and I love it. I love baseball again. I no, I don't. I I like baseball again. I there are a lot of things I hate uh, that we'll talk about later. But twenty twenty for a second continued to get worse. Still could possibly be worse, but started to look like twenty nineteen. But Stanton looks healthy <laughs> when oh, he man. put one one twelve off Tanaka's dome. 
That was loud. I almost had a heart attack, man. So I'm sitting there. So this is it's Saturday afternoon, and we're supposed to go over to Jamie's parents for a barbecue. Saturday night, it's 4th of July. So I'm like, all right, it's going to be a great day. I'm, I'm in a good mood. And then I'm sitting on the couch. My mom's in the shower. It's me and my dad sitting on the couch. And I just see on Twitter, like, Tanaka's down. I'm like, I look at the video. I'm like, shit, no, like, no. And, I, and last year, I told myself, I'm not going to let Yankee injuries ruin my plans, ruin my nights, ruin my whatever. And of course, like, we're on the way to the barbecue. I'm refreshing Twitter, refreshing Twitter, refreshing the chat. Finally, we're sitting there and it says he gets released from the hospital. But man, I really, really almost lost it for a second. Like the first at bat of the first workout, it was insane. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was scary. And I think it still is scary because there's, you know, he was back the next day riding the exercise bike. No real symptoms. uh, You know, went to the hospital, check out the same night. All the things that you want to happen. And I don't know if it's because I was kind of closer to this situation um, in terms of just knowing him, but I started thinking about Clint. You know, that was a mild concussion. That was going to be nothing. He was going to be back. You know, he's going on the concussion DL and coming right back. We'll see you in seven days. And, you know, never really saw him again. You can't exhale yet, but he has passed every test and it's been as good as it's as it could be so far. This guy is such an old school Yankee. Isn't that so 90s of him to to tweet on the same night? I can't wait to get on the mound ASAP. Like the guy is a total warrior. I love Masa. I mean, I think that's like, that's just who he is as a person. You know, he, I think there's a level of pride that he has. And I don't know if it's coming from Japan, if it's their culture. Uh, I don't, I don't want this to, I don't think what I'm saying is racist at all, but like a certain level of pride in being like, yo, you paid me a shit ton of money to come from Japan, uh, where a lot of pitchers have come and not been that great or flamed out, you know, Dice K and some of that stuff. Like, and I haven't delivered a World Series. Like, I came here to uh, play with Derek Jeter, didn't win a World Series. No, absolutely right. Contracts up. So that might play into it. I don't even think it's not even a race thing, but Matsui was the same way. I remember in 2006, early in the season, Matsui breaks his wrist, dying for or breaks his wrist, yeah. diving for a ball freak thing. And then the next day he puts out a statement apologizing to the Steinbrenner family, apologizing to, to the fans and the season ticket holders. Like these guys are obsessed with their craft and, and they're just really loyal, dedicated players. I think it's a compliment if anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, I worry about putting my foot in my mouth with everything. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, that's what it is. It's a level of pride that, I don't know, we, we don't see sometimes from um, American athletes once they get paid. Oh, absolutely. And, and the other thing is with the, the whole mental side of it, people are like, well, you know, he's feeling fine now, but what happens when he gets on a mound? I'm not worried about that at all. The guy is fearless. Like, that's the last thing. Yeah, I'm not worried about him being worried about a comebacker at all. No. That's not him. Um, if anything, it would be like lingering concussion symptoms, but it's not going to be his mental. Uh, right. Especially because, like, that's just a – I mean, he threw a good pitch. Stanton went with the pitch. Like, everyone did a good job there. Except, I mean, in that case, in the very first, you know, thing, like, where's the L screen? And that, I tweeted that in all caps angrily. But at the same time, when you, the hindsight's twenty twenty, and I can understand why Tanaka didn't want it. And they're trying to get game ready. Yeah, the season starts in say. three weeks. It's not like it's February tenth and we're six weeks out. I mean, the season season starts in three weeks, so they're they're trying to get geared up. I get it. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it was scary. It's it's good to see that he's got a good spirits about it. You know, we, you want to see that, but I mean. Stanton looked pretty good there. He did. You know, he, did, he, didn't, he didn't step out. His back foot wasn't flailing. Like, he could miss that pitch by three feet sometimes. And that's a it's, base hit. Yeah, it's hit or miss. It was definitely at least a base hit. Uh, Stan looks healthy. And real quick, do you think Tanaka makes his first turn in the rotation in D.C.? Or do you think they, they hold him back a little bit? I don't think they'll hold him back, I think, as long. If everything is the way it seems, he'll be fine. If But... There may be, like, there's always a chance that there is a medical holdup. 
Yeah, there could be, but I think at the very least we're going to get him for the second half, the playoff run, and all that stuff. I yes. mean, this could have been not only season-ending, this could have been life-threatening. Like, we really avoided disaster. Oh, my God, yeah, because well, what you're worried about on injuries like that is either, like, a broken skull or, um, like, an orbital bone or something like that where, you know, it, it throws off your seeing. Um, yeah, I mean, the first thing, especially the seeing it, isn't that bad? It's the sound. Like when you hear that, that sounded like it hit a bat twice. No, it was scary. Yeah. What did you think of all the players being like, oh, you know, the, I think Judge and Glaber had kind of expressed some disappointment with the writers tweeting the video, which I thought was weird. So Judge said like zooming in on, which I didn't feel like anyone was zooming in on. No, and it's the Yes Network broadcast. It's the, they were they were filming it live. Yeah, it, so. I don't know what you want there because there are reporters and they're reporting. You know, they're not – if they're outside Tanaka's house, you know, like that's – yeah, that's paparazzi. That's scummy. But if I'm sitting in the press box or whatever it is on the 100 level, wherever they're allowing people, I've got my phone out. Or if this is just broadcast on television, I have to report that. And you yeah, have to exactly. show that video. And people like us are on Twitter wanting to see the video. Yes, 100%. Yeah, so I, I get it. You know, you're trying to protect your guys. I like to see that. Like, I don't think it was a good argument, but it's almost like the Belichick. Like, if we're all wrong together, we can still be right. Exactly. exactly. Build, build that unity. I'll take it. Like, have each other's back. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So we also got it at 6 o'clock yesterday, our first look at the, uh, the schedule for the season. Um. It was. It ends up being uh, what I had. I had said a couple episodes. I hoped it would be, which was let's start off with some interleague play. The games don't mean as. I mean, every game counts, but you know, if you're a half a game back instead of a full game, so let's you know, let's kick things off in DC. So we start off with the Thursday night in DC, then Saturday night in DC, Sunday one o'clock in D.C., then in Philly at 7 and 6 on a Monday and Tuesday, then Philly at home, 7 and 7, Wednesday and Thursday, then Boston comes to town for uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 7 o'clock games. I mean, a couple things about the schedule in general is we only go to Boston once, and it's not till the last week of the season or just about the last week of the season. I don't think they're going to matter. So it's like, you know, almost like who cares? Um, but I like, you know, the Phillies are – so obviously the Nationals are the champions. We're going to have to face that three-headed monster, which is a good – because I am concerned about the ability to ramp up the bats. And when you're going up against those pitchers, it's tough. And we could go out there. and It's going to be the same on the other side. People have to face – like you have to face Garrett Cole and you have to get your bat going and they have a good lineup. But, you know, they don't have Rendon. They don't have uh, um, Zimmerman. Like they're missing guys from their lineup and we don't know what's going to happen with testing and injuries and anything coming up there. So you've got two good lineups, good rotations going out there to start the season. Like iron sharpens iron. Like, that's the way I'm looking at it. If we could go out there, I don't want us to, obviously. We can go out there and lose all three of those first games, and we'll be a better team coming out of it, regardless. We're going to be a better team coming out of that three games, regardless of what happens. I agree 100%. Give me the tough battle right away. So we're going to start out, and we're going to go Scherzer, Strasburg, and then Corbin. But then we're going to get the Phillies number four and the Phillies number five. So those first three are going to be brutal, but then it should get a lot easier. And hopefully you think the bats would pick up and match against the Phillies number four and the Phillies number five. But none of those games are cakewalks. I mean, the Phillies have a really good lineup. The Phillies have a good lineup. I mean, they're uh, kind of a new team. You see Didi early. You see Girardi early. Um you see Dave Robertson, you know, stealing the traveling secretary's wallet or whatever. Um, but you are going to get, yeah, they're good teams. But I think you come out of the Nationals. I think you get the four and five starters for the Phillies. Then you're looking at Nola, you know, provided there's no injuries. So that's a good another challenge to get into. And then you get, you get through those games. 
And then you've got the Red Sox, where like now the games matter. You know, I mean, obviously the other ones count, but like they matter. And we're going against their three, four, five starters, which are, I think, Carabas is their four, number four starter. <laughs> Well, dude, we got seven game. We got seven games to get our shit together. Work out those kinks against Washington. Work them out against Philly, and then that Friday night against Boston. It's really game on. The Yankees generally start off pretty sloppy. We talked about last year. They started six and nine or whatever. Get that out of the way, and and you got to be ready for Boston on Friday night at home. Like, all right. So you've got Nationals for three, Phillies for two and two, and now it's July thirty first, and we're against the Red Sox, and we go. Uh, from July 31st, Red Sox. August 1st now going on is Red Sox, Red Sox at home. Baltimore for three. Tampa for four on the road. Atlanta at home for two. Boston for four at home. Tampa for three at home. Mets for three at City Field. Two at Atlanta. Three with the Mets at home. One. Uh, then there's three more with Tampa that roll into September. And it's just like where I don't understand where we could lose a game. <laughs> like, honestly, maybe one of those, maybe something hits a catwalk in Tampa, but you're telling me we're going to play this. Cause this is an awful Red Sox team. And the, I mean, the best player on the Orioles is out for the season with cancer, uh, which is, it's terrible. But like Trey Mancini not being in that lineup is huge. We have no excuse to lose that. We should go ten and zero. Yeah, um, and then Atlanta is Atlanta's a good team. They made the playoffs last year, but you never know what's going to happen. You know what their rotation is like. They had Felix Hernandez was supposed to be in there. He's sitting out as of right now. Freddie Freeman is out. So now we're talking a month and a half down the line. But like Freddie Freeman is, you know, has has Corona right now. You don't know what's going to happen, kind of within that team. Again, you don't know what's going to happen within our team with injuries. But this is. Listen, we don't have to play Houston in the regular season. We don't have to play an up-and-coming White Sox team. We don't have to go to, you know, go to Pittsburgh where, hey, you only get the Yankees here once in a while. Like, so you're only getting a crowd here. It's a Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of these teams. You know, we don't have to play the Cubs that we were going to have to play or the for Dodgers. three games. Yeah, we don't have the Dodgers. We don't have the Astros. You know, we're not – we're still – gonna get everyone's best punch but like not really because when it's mostly boston baltimore toronto tampa you know you're just not it, there's just not as much i mean we're playing a bunch of 85 86 type win teams right the phillies are right there the mets are right there the, the even the blue jays might be there the red sox are probably at an 85 86 win the red team. sox are like a 67 team <laughs> i'm not i'm not ready to just they don't have off. chris sale um, Erod just tested positive for Corona. Oh, today. I did not. I did not yeah, see that. They, ah, I, I mean, and that. part of it is like, hey, well, he's getting the Corona out of the way, but like they are, they're a depleted team. I think Evaldi is going to be their closer. What do you need a closer no for when you don't have the lead? Yeah, they have no pitching. The Rays, I'll be honest though, the Rays definitely scare me. I have a phobia of Charlie Morton. Tyler Glasnow throws a million miles an hour, and Blake Snell is an ace too. Those three guys scare me. I know they don't have a great lineup, but I'm thrilled we only have to go to the chop once, like you mentioned, and we have a 6-4 split of home and road with the Rays. I think that'll help a lot. Yeah, we also, we only go to, to Boston once, which is wild. Dude, it's 7-3 and three with the Red Sox. Like, what a break. Everybody's crying about it on Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, 7-3. and three. Yeah, I mean, we get it the other way going to Toronto, which is kind of a pain just in terms of, like, you don't know what extra shit they're going to have to put up with going international. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, when you look at this schedule, like, let's get out there and start playing. No excuses. And if you look at the end, I think it's 20 of our last 23 games are against teams that lost 95 or more games last year. All you have to, Even if they just go 500 in, all, in the first half, they should roll in September. I mean, roll. We've got uh, – and I know you texted me about this. I saw it and I was like, I know Nick is going to text me. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner saying that he sees the stadium at like 20% capacity <laughs> before the end of the season. All right, Nick. <laughs> but I'll see you there. If they were to, we've got Derek Jeter in the Miami Marlins to finish off the season. Oh, man, I got a wedding that weekend. Damn. 
Yeah, that and then guess the race what? series. It doesn't matter because we're not going to be in the stands. And guess what? That wedding's probably canceled. You cut out for a sec. <laughs> yeah. Where's the wedding? That's our, it's actually outside of Baltimore. Oh. It's so I was not, hoping I was hoping, you know, not, maybe we'd have the Orioles that weekend. It's not happening. Weddings are canceled. Um yeah, my only gripe with this schedule, uh, and I think it's a, a big gripe for a lot of people, is there aren't enough day games. And now I get like they're doing the workouts, the intra-squad games. They're doing a lot of that shit late in the afternoon because you don't need to have these guys. Like in Florida, they do everything early, but these guys are playing golf by 2 o'clock on, if they don't have a game because you're trying to beat the Florida heat, and they're only playing half games anyway. Um, they're doing the workouts now because in New York it gets hot and humid during the day. But as a league, they have screwed this up so much with the negotiations. And really, a lot of people have a negative view on baseball. There's no little league this year. Uh, kids are home. There aren't camps in a lot of places. It's much easier for me to throw on a 1 o'clock game or a 4 o'clock game while I'm working and have it in the background, then in this current world, like I'd like to tell you guys that you're listening to a podcast of a guy who watches 162 games because it's 7 o'clock every night I can sit down and do that. But I have a wife and, kid and a kid and responsibilities, and even when I can't leave the house, it'd be mu- it's much easier for me to have that game on in the background and watch it from my desk than to commit every night to it. No, I get that. And the other thing is when you look at not just the Yankees, but look at opening day, July 24th, there are no one o'clock games. The first game's at four o'clock and then there's a bunch of night games. Man, opening day should be a ton of one o'clock games. There should be baseball all day. There's no other sports on. Like you said, everybody's home. I really don't understand stacking those games at night on that opening Friday. It makes no sense to me. Not even that. Honestly, that first week should be March Madness. Yeah. Because you don't have – the NBA doesn't start, I think, until like the 30th of July or something yeah, like that. We, have, we basically have a week because we You have a week so where we can do it. And then the NBA is doing exactly that. The NBA is just like, yo, we're just stacking like four to six games a day. They're just going to start at like 1 o'clock. The last one will be at 10 o'clock. Let's get it rolling. So, yeah, I think they, they screwed the pooch on that one. And then there is, you know, it says on the schedule, it's preliminary and subject to change. Maybe they'll take some feedback and make, I'm not saying have everything do that, but I think that first week is a big opportunity. And then I think every team should have one weekday day game a week. Like you should make that happen because it's good for growing the game. As a fan of the game, it's good for growing the game. And during the nor- during a normal season, the Yankees have at least one weekday game pretty much every week. But now that I'm thinking about it, I guess there's no there's no incentive for getaway days because nobody's really flying. So that's not as important for them to schedule those. So that's why you see a lot of night games during the week. Well, I guess. if you like, yeah. So if you look at the schedule, it's like you're in D.C. You start off in D.C. You can charter a train to Philly and that's less than two hours. It's two hours, whatever. Then you take a train or even drive a bus from Philly back to New York where you've got the Phillies and the Red Sox. And then you're going from New York back to Baltimore, two hours on the train or whatever. No, that's like four hours on the train. Tampa, now you've got to fly. But we only have to fly to Tampa once, which is awesome because it's in Florida. Yeah. We only have to go into that cesspool once, and we play the Marlins at home. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, like, you fly. So that's one flight flying from Tampa there. Now there's an off day on the 10th of August where I'd still imagine where, you know, they'll fly home to play the Braves. Two games, off day. Boston at home again. Tampa at home again. Mets on the road. We're sleeping in our own beds. Off day to get to Atlanta for two games. Off day to get back from Atlanta. New York at home, Tampa at home, train to Baltimore, flight to Toronto, flight home, probably train up to Boston, flight to Toronto, flight home. They're only on a plane. Like, you know, they have like six, six times they have to fly the whole season. So that's pretty good. They did a good job of at least for the Yankees, putting it together where there is like kind of a path. 
It is nice for us because of where we're located. And think about the Mariners. They have to get on a plane for every single road trip. They can't take Amtrak anywhere or a team like that or some of those teams in the Midwest. It's a huge advantage for us to be able to take these trains. And I'm not even – I think when we play Philly, I think there's a chance they might go up and back same night, kind of like how we do for playoff games. I'm not sold that they're going to stay over here. There's a chance. There may be like the option. 80 minutes they could do it in. Yeah, I mean, but they do also get the – you know, they get the best accommodations. So, you know, it's not as much. So if you look at actually where the Yankees are, we are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth from the bottom. So there are 21 teams with more travel than the Yankees. That's awesome. I'll take it. Yeah, the Mets are travel like 200 miles less than us. The Brewers will travel less than 4,000 miles the whole season. The Rangers have to travel almost 15,000 miles. Yeah, I mean, Texas... That makes sense. Are you worried about the beginning at all? Because I'm kind of thinking there's there's definitely a chance we only win one in D.C. Maybe we split with the Phillies and all of a sudden you're three and four going into that Red Sox series and everybody's panicking. Yeah, so we're three and four, but then we're going to win 20 straight games because the okay. rest of that schedule is fucking like awful. All right. I'm like that's the thing that, you know, I am fine with the iron sharpens iron. Like I remember, what was it, 98? We went 0-3 in – Oakland to start the season. And I remember just being like, but the fucking A's suck. You know, I'm 13 at the time. Like, well, like, these guys stink. If we go and we lose to the, you know, the three guys who just pitched in the World Series who are great and we lose all three, I'm not going to, like, fully panic. Uh, But I think at the same time, like, I think Cole is maybe more prepared than Scherzer. I, I, I think Cole might be the most prepared player in the game based on what I've seen right now. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, there was, I think Scherzer was involved with it. I, I don't have the story pulled up. I meant to throw it on our sheet. But there was a story that came out this week that there was a group of players that were getting together in Florida and playing games. And But like they weren't doing the Bauer thing of like, we're going to promote it. It was just straight up like, you've got Verlander versus Scherzer today with like, 18 other dudes just making it happen at, at some, like, closed field. Old school pickup ball. Give me the 30 for 30 on that. No, that'd be sick. That'd be sick to watch. And, you know, they kept it hidden. And one more quick thing on the Philly series. So just living here and following them. Looks like Zach Wheeler's wife is due July 25th, and he's going to have to miss at least two starts. When the kid's born, you do the math. You sh- we should avoid him, which is another nice break. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. Um Let's see, what else is going on in the Yankees world? So, I mean, there was the uh, DJ is not with the team. Him and Luis Sessa both have corona. I don't know how staring at a wall can get you coronavirus, (laughs) but DJ LeMahieu figured it out. I guess all those ground balls, like, I I wonder where he got I mean, if you stay in Tampa, you're going to get it. But Just being in the cesspool, you worried about him being ready? No. July 23rd? No, because I think he is... He's been preparing this whole time. Like, I haven't worried about him, you know, pulling a Pablo Sandoval and getting fat or anything like that. He's been working out. He's asymptomatic. So he didn't even know. He's probably like, they're probably like, yeah, we need to give you this test. And he was just like, oh, for what? For, bo- for boogies? And then, like, they're like, oh, you have coronavirus. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'll have a Dos Equis. Like, he has no idea. Like, he has no clue. And then. He just keeps it moving. So I think, you know, in a week or so, he'll be there. And he's probably fucking, he's probably practicing on his own somewhere. Oh, yeah. He's got to be doing something. I mean, I'm sure his, like, wife is doing soft toss or I know he's got a quarantine, but he's doing something. He And he's the perfect guy to get it because, like you said, you don't have to worry about him getting ramped up, quote, unquote, or, or getting geared up. He could show up in a day and be ready to hit. To a certain extent, I think in the event that there is any kind of like lackadaisicalness to what we see in these like practice games and stuff, I think he's a good shot in the arm. Yeah. Show up midway through contract no, right. year, maybe after, ready a week, to go. after a week or two. Yeah. Get, get, give it. We'll see you in a week. No problem. Like I'm not worried at all about that. Sessa, apparently he's actually sick. Um, hopefully he's all right. Hopefully he doesn't factor too much into the season regardless. I was going to say, if we're depending on him, we got much bigger problems. Yeah, right? Him, Tyler Wade. How about Talkman's hair? Do you see that? It yeah, it's hair. hilarious. And Gary's hair. Gary grew out a little. He's got a little fro yeah. thing going. I just, uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I, it's it's good we only have the two guys. Um, more guys will get it at some point. I think it's just it's inevitable. Uh, but you know, hopefully it's staggered or it just it works in our favor. Um, we had the sim game uh, last night. I guess when you listen to this tomorrow, we also had another one last night. Clark Schmidt looked great, and that worries me because he's. His slider looked great. He's facing batters that are nowhere near ready. And I worry with, like, social media today that, like, you know, we've put the hype on him. Like, Seve has never lived up to the hype. And we're giving this guy huge hype off of two games with no – two innings with no outfielders. Now, 100%. And you know what I thought back to? So if you remember in 2006, early in spring training, Phil Hughes was on fire. He came out and he was striking out. It was like Jeter and A-Rod and all of our A-level guys. And I think it was Jorge that said he looked like a young Roger Clemens. Yep. And then you kind of see what happened. And and last night I was I was ready to put Clark Schmidt in Monument Park or whatever. Yeah. And then I kind of thought back to that. And I'm like, OK, let's let's take a step back. But he was a first round pick. You know, it's not like he just came out of nowhere. He was a first-round pick out of South Carolina. I think he'll be like a really solid number three eventually, but I'm not going to put him in the hall. He could be an ace, you know, down the line. I just worry about if he doesn't contribute a ton this season because of just like, you know, whatever, however the rotation falls where he doesn't get to, and then, you know, he doesn't win a Cy Young next year. <laughs> you know, it's be like you don't oh, want the hype train to get to get too much for yeah. him. You could almost see him in the role like that bulk role where Chad Green opens and then he comes in for three or four innings. It's not the pressure of starting. You know, you throw 50, 60 pitches, kind of see what you have, especially with, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some bullpen games. You could see him factoring in there. Chad Green looked good. He did. And Britain. All the, I mean, all the pitchers look good. That's and that's why you got to try to take a step back. It was fun watching. Like, it'd be a random time. You're like, all right, now stay out there. We're going to hit you some grounders. Hysterical. (laughs) I thought it was over. I guess the broadcast kept going. I turned it off because I guess they were letting Cone and uh, Kay go. They're like, thank you for being with us for these three innings. And so I thought it was just over, so I just turned it off. And then people were like, no, it's it's still going on. And uh, Kay wearing the suit. But also, if you saw in the bottom corner of his thing, it just said uh, Jody. <laughs> his wife, like, Zoom, yeah. <laughs> and how about when the pitchers, when Boone would make the pitcher go sit down to like simulate the middle of an inning and then yeah. like run back out? It's just, it's just hysterical watching them do that. It's funny. It's funny to watch. To watch. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but Cole's pitching tonight. The other thing about last night's game, Monday night's game, is. Um, I was just so happy no one got hurt because it had been raining during the day. And I was just like, oh, this is fucking so us. You know, we got Tanaka gets hit in the head, but then he's all right. And now, like, you know, don't even let Stanton anywhere near grass. No. Oh, my God. No. The only and people are like, what are you going to look for? What are you watching for? I'm watching for no injuries, man. That's the only goal I have of these workouts, these practices. No injuries. Yeah, I'm not watching for fucking shit. I'm not on this. This may surprise people. I'm not on the fucking scouting team for the Yankees. <laughs> you know? It's almost hard to watch this stuff because I'm always like – especially after what happened with Massa. It's like yeah. I'm, just, I'm just scarred and I'm just worried. I mean if somebody gets hit on hit by a pitch or a comeback or something. Or just, even I worried work. about uh, – similar to a Mariano situation because they were bringing in pitchers from the bullpen to just throw in the outfield when there was no outfield. Like there was no center fielder and it's like – Oh, well, next thing you know, there's a fly ball out there, and Zach Britton's like, oh, well, I'll just catch it. It's only five feet away, ACL. Ah, that was brutal, man. My heart just sank with you. I remember that injury so vividly. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, hopefully that, you know, on Tuesday night, Cole is, like, mowing people down, making people feel competitive, maybe even talking some shit, you know? Talk some shit. Yeah, let's get after it. Let's get these guys fired up. Um, Do you have anything else on on the Yankees before we take it around the league? Um, yeah, just hope they stay healthy tonight, man. That's it. Stay healthy, guys. Just stay healthy every day. Uh, well, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds for NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. 
or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. You're out there. You're getting ready to bet. Go check out betonline.ag and let's do this. Um, so let's talk about the rest of the league. <laughs> that was fun. I really enjoyed that. Dude, I enjoyed it. That's what this podcast could be. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. I had a... So, yes, yeah, so I just I went on a tear. Um, I'm getting political online. I just, um, I know, I just, it's, I think the current state of affairs is just like embarrassing for the country. And so I voiced some opinions. And uh, I had a guy reach out and DM me and was like, yo, I've followed you for a while. I've never listened to your podcast, but I'm going to go download every episode right now <laughs> for you, like, just standing up to, because that is just like, I don't know, to me, it's like, yo, if you want to be like, yo, I support Donald Trump, you can support Donald Trump. I just, ask that you and you say that to me like if you fucking respond to something i say and say something i just want to know how many incidents of racism or how many sexual assault accusations is your breaking point just give me a number it's not 25 like is it 30 i'm just curious what that number is and then if you have no name and you want to start chirping me like i'm gonna roast you so I was gonna say none of those guys had profile pictures that you were are, like so many people hiding behind what do they call them eggheads yeah Eggs? Yeah, just yeah, be- that's all it was. Just because it's like, yeah, I-, I got people to protect. So thank you to any of our uh, new listeners who gave the show a shot for that. I did say to them, I was like, hey, if you think it's good, you'll love it even. You'll love this baseball podcast even more with baseball. Um, so let's get down to kind of the realities of it. Uh, teams are canceling workouts. So yesterday we had three teams. The day before we had one. Today the Giants have canceled their workouts. Um, and this is why I'm mad at Major League Baseball, because in the back and forth of, you know, money, 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 all along I was saying, you still need to go out and, like, buy all these tests. And, like, you've got to the, – the money, as ugly as it was, is the easy part. Executing on what was a 60-something page document and now a 113-page document is the hard part because there's so much minutia in it. And if you fuck it up, you're, you're putting people at risk. Uh, but you're also putting like future negotiations and all this stuff. And teams are now canceling workouts because they're not getting, they're supposed to get tests back in 24 to 48 hours. And at times it's been 72 hours and they're not getting test results back. And I just think like that, that I get that, that being unacceptable. Uh, Chris Bryant was just like, yeah, like I'm scared because at the same time, it's not like all these teams are testing and everyone's fine. You've got teams that are like, hey, we got two guys, we got three guys, we got you know one guy, whatever it is. So people are testing positive. So when your team doesn't have the results, you know there are two or three people, and like now who have I been around? And I think that's that's the risk that you're above the the physical. You're fucking with people mentally, which makes it tough for them to show up every day. Oh, definitely. And in the beginning, I was laughing at some of these teams like, haha, they're not getting their test back. Sucks for them. But then I was like, oh, shit, we're going to have to play them. And what if that happens, that exact scenario of it coming back to hurt us? So I definitely thought about it. There were people saying, oh, Fourth of July weekend. It's the testing slower. Like, that's bullshit. This is Major League Baseball. None of that shit should come into play. You're the MLB. You got to get it quicker. Exactly. I think I saw you you tweet because someone was like, if they're getting all these tests, like, are my kids and their teachers going to get it? And you were like, well, listen, I mean, they're baseball players, so they get treated differently. And like, that's not, you know, is it right? No. But is it true? Yes. You have to acknowledge it at this point. Yeah. If you if you think that your your kid or you as a as like you say a plumber should get the test <laughs> as quickly as 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 Aaron I think, John Carlos stand, no, no, no way. I I think you should. I think everyone should, but they're not going to. And so right. like. You can't, you got to accept that at a certain point. We're not all treated equal when it – well, we're not all treated equal in general, but we're not treated equal when it comes to that stuff. Um, so that's just like – so aside from that, you have Felix Hernandez has you know said he's not playing. Price has opted out. Nick Markakis has opted out. Um, Anthony Rizzo, who's on that Cubs team, who's a cancer survivor, has said, I'm not sure – if I'm, you know, I, I don't necessarily feel comfortable. You've got Joey Gallo testing positive, which like maybe that gets it out of the way. Um, uh, who else? Um, oh, I mean, Mike Trout. Mike Trout has said he doesn't know. 
that was concern. I mean, that's got to be concerning for everybody when you have the consensus best player in the sport expressing a lot of, I don't know. Only guy out there with a mask, too, like the first couple days. Like, he was doing every workout in a mask. So you could tell, like, being worried about it is real with, I mean, I don't know when his wife's due, but it's very soon. Yeah, I think it's August. And him saying that, Wheeler's talked about it, Zach Wheeler on the Philly. So there's a lot of guys that are, they're there, but they're, you can tell they're teetering. Yeah, you could tell they're teetering. And it's things in general, like the news is not going in the direction of you should be there and you should be playing. But you can get over that. If you've created an environment where it's like, yeah, what's going on in the world? People at, you know, Vesper Pool Club here in Philly spitting in each other's mouths is a different situation. Did you see that tweet? Yeah, I did. Disgusting. So here, let me tell you this. So for people who don't know, I tweeted a thing of uh, two sex workers I know spitting in each other's mouths at like this, you know, it's like a pool club here. That's like a bar. It's like a nightclub. It's like being in Atlantic City. So I sent that to one of my buddies and was like, yo, check out your girl. And he <laughs> sent me a screenshot of someone because he's like in the industry of like bars and restaurants saying like, yo, whatever you do, do not go to Vesper. They're open. They were open last weekend. Uh, someone who worked the entire weekend tested positive on Wednesday. And they're like trying not cover it up. Those two girls were with a bunch of people in a cabana spitting in each other's mouths. They got on a plane today. I don't know where they went. They're getting paid to do stuff wherever they're going because they are legitimate sex workers. And I'm not, I'm not shitting on that industry. But like, I was always like, this is why we don't have sports yet. This is what it is. It's like, let me spit in your mouth on Sunday. Let me get on a good Spirit Airlines on Saturday. <laughs> they would fly Spirit. And it's, it's not just depending on all the Major League Baseball players. It's depending on all the – different schmucks that they run into all the hookers right? like we, we're hire. depending on so many people exactly hookers drug dealers whoever whoever they're running into we gotta we gotta rely on every scumbag in america you know to try to follow protocol that's what makes it tough i'm not worried about aaron judge or brett gardner doing the right thing but when you worry about everybody that might come into their universe at some point over the next 90 days that's that's where the fear comes in yeah it's crazy so i mean I just, you know, if baseball, I I think it's just, it may seem like a small thing, but I get for the players how it's a big thing of like, just give us a test. Like, give us, do the thing you said you do so that we can be here and feel comfortable. And because at the same time, I I mean, you, you guys are still young, so you probably don't get it yet. And this isn't like, you know, your classic, like, my wife nags me, but like a lot of times for guys, like our wife is like our balance. You know, like my wife very much is my balance. And it's just like, yo, what you're going to do or what you're doing is stupid or you're putting yourself at risk or whatever. She's my moral compass. And a lot of these guys I'm sure are getting like, what do you mean you didn't get the test back? Right. Like you get that. And it's still like all that shit piles up. Like you're trying to hit a baseball in three tenths of a second. But you're also getting fucking nagged because the guy who stuck a swab up your nose didn't get the responses back, you know, the results back. And it's almost like, who do you blame? Is it Manfred's fault? Is it the team's fault? Is it whatever doctor's offices they're they're working with? Like, there's so many factors at play that there's tough to put the blame on one specific party. It's the league. It's whoever the league chose to partner with. And so, I mean, you work with vendors and stuff. It's. You know, whatever, what's your uptime? You know, what is the guarantee that you're going to do this? So Major League Baseball signed a contract with a company that said, like, you'll do these tests and you'll get the responses back. And in, in what, is, what is that number? Because if the number in the contract is 72 hours, but the response, like, but what you're telling players is 48 hours, you've set yourself up for failure. If you've said... If it says 48 hours and you've told the players 40, you know, 24 to 48 hours and that company isn't living up to that, at a, like, what is the point where you say, all right, we are finding another company? Like, you have to be on the phone saying who can deliver these test results or even if it's we're taking half our business or whatever, you know, we're splitting it up because you can't handle this load of tests on top of regular tests, you know, what you're doing for civilians. 
the splitting it up makes sense because it seems like it'd be a lot of work to go try and find a new a new company to do it and switch everybody over. You think about the paperwork involved, but yeah, split it up. Split it up amongst three three companies, four. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know the industry, but when you're telling me San Francisco, like San Francisco is like tech, everything, like capital of the world. There's got to be a biotech company or whatever it is that can run this. You're talking about the Chicago. Chicago, it's a major city. They've got the businesses are there. You know, if maybe if you tell me it's Kansas City, I'm like, all right, I guess because they just have like a corner store there. Like I don't know what's in Kansas City. It's just ribs and and the Royals. But you know, the Nationals. You're in DC. You're like, can you just go to like the CDC? Like, aren't they like right there? Yeah, Max Scherzer. Need my test back. Yeah, just yeah, bring it to the White House. They're testing the, there every day. And I think they're getting tested every other day, if I'm not mistaken. So you're basically just going to have rolling tests and rolling results. And you might get to a point where you're three weeks in and you're getting a result and you have no idea which test it was from, too. It could be very confusing. Yeah, because it's a very imperfect system. I mean, once – like if you go get tested and then you get directly in your car and drive directly home and sit there for 48 hours – like, maybe that test is still 100% valid. But, like, if you stop at Whole Foods, I don't know, maybe, right. you know, like, there, there's a risk. So, like, in an already tough situation, I just don't, I don't think they're handling it great. I hope they do a better job with it uh, going forward. Um, you know, they, you know, Major League Baseball has tried to explain it. I don't think anyone wants to hear it, though. They just, uh, you know. No. After all this back and forth, you know, and they even tried to say like more than 95% of the, the tests have been conducted and like even back. This is similar to how we talked about pilots and police. For right now, at least this is a 100% job. You need yeah, to we don't have 100%. For yes. There's and the so excuses, the holiday weekend excuse. I mean, that's an excuse I'd use in college when I was partying and didn't want to do a paper. Like, you can't use that excuse if you're, if you're Manfred. Come on, man. That's an amateur excuse. And Mike Rizzo spoke out about it, and now Rob Manford has apparently called it, like, insubordination. But I think what Rizzo did was smart because you could tow the, co- you could tow the company line, but, like, Mike Rizzo right now works for the Nationals. Which is, you know, which is Major League Baseball. And technically, you know, to a certain extent, this whole thing is league versus players, which it shouldn't be. But if you're the GM of a team, like you're responsible for that team, for those players. I view it. These are all adults, but it's similar to like a college coach coming to your house and recruiting you. Like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm not going to put you in danger. And whatever Rizzo does for the rest of his career, people are going to remember that he's like spoke out for players. So when he they talk about him for, you know, what, whatever job down the line, players like him. And I think that's important. You're getting points with them. The other thing is, why would you really want to tow the company line of the MLB? Everybody kind of hates the MLB right now. So it's not, it's not a very opportune time to be siding with them. Yeah. It's, um, I, like I said, I hope they figured it out. The, the Braves, uh, the Giants had to cancel today's workouts. And it's unfortunate because, like, I don't know, for us, it's not, you know, like, if it was the Yankees, we'd be pissed because it'd be like, they're a day behind, right? You're a day behind. We need to, to get to where we need to be to be competitive in this. So then you get the fans involved. So all of the stuff in terms of, like, where covid is going i mean here we live in philly we are very close to getting back up to like another level where they're gonna have to start rolling stuff back we're starting to see things roll back across the country which is not good i think the combination of that big names starting to drop out and the way the league is handling this i is very small chance that we see baseball this year it's scary. It'll be a lot scarier if this happens, if this is still happening a week before. And if the positive number of tests increases and they start to drop like flies a week or two before, we still have a little bit of a buffer right now. Like we talked about DJ, he'll still be ready. But if guys are testing positive a week before, they're definitely going to miss time. Or if you just hit like, I mean, really, you need like, if it's a week before the season starts or like four days before, and then you get like whatever it is, you know, hey, the. For us, it's the Nationals, but like, you know, the Royals had five guys test positive. 
nobody wants to play the Royals. Uh, MLS is supposed to start, I think, like tomorrow or something. And they had, um, oh, I think they're supposed to start today, maybe. And they just had to like postpone a game because they're doing like a tournament. The team from Dallas just dropped out. They're just like, we're just not playing. But they had what, 14? It was like 14 yeah. tests or something. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, but like, that's, and they have a, a, they have less players. They're able to kind of contain it more. It, it's, uh, it's scary. It's scary. I, but seeing them back, see, I'll go back to the first half. Seeing yeah. them back in the stadium, man, that was good times. It feels good. It feels good, man. It, re- it really does. Seeing them, even going out to see Boone make those bullshit fake pitching changes was cool. Just to see the coaches coming out of the dugout. CC was chilling in the legend seats. Yeah, behind, behind home plate. It's crazy because like CC even said on R two C two, like I don't know, man. If I didn't get hurt, you know, I probably I liked coming out of the bullpen. I would have gone to like Minnesota, and make some money to do that. You know, like whatever it is that I have to do. He definitely would have if he didn't get injured and wasn't like thinking about. It, he'd definitely be on the sixty man roster. He would. I could have totally seen him as a guy. And he said, "I'll come back and, like you said, get three outs, face a couple of lefties." Yeah. In the playoffs, kind of did what he did at the at the very end with us. I mean, we were there when he his arm fell off on the mound. I was sitting right next to you. Yeah, and it's funny um, that just like, oh, here's the first thing he's doing. <laughs> just like, yo, get me out of the house. Like, apparently, he's been very involved in the front office. Like, he's been there. Like he's doing the work, um, you know, trying to build this like other career. And today, uh, Tuesday, he, I mean, they're, they're bullshitting around before the sim game. And he, I saw him playing catch in the outfield. One of the beat writers tweeted a picture about that. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be around. He bring looks him great. Back, too. Bring him back. Sign him. I didn't know there was a picture of him playing catch. Oh, he looks great. Bring him back. You know, just. I yeah, take now him, I'm looking I take for him. It. He's in the outfield with his glove ready to shag fly balls during batting practice. He looks great. Damn, Lindsey Adler. Give me a fucking picture. Yeah, there he is. There he is. He What's lost it? like 60 or 70 pounds, man. Which he is looks like a different person. Yeah. Well, like, I get it when it's like NFL linemen, like Jeff Saturday, just like melted in half. Yeah. And I get that because you need to keep that size. And I guess, it, you know, he lost the weight and then he had to get the size back because, you know, he just couldn't pitch. But he also was an alcoholic. So, like, maybe that, like, played a role. It was all around the same time. But, yeah, it's crazy. You know, I guess when you're done, you're just like, all right, I got to move on to, like, the next phase of my life. And I don't want to die. So I have to get in shape. But you've got that competitive juice. So you really get in shape. Exactly. And he always maintained that he needed the weight for the velocity. And he also had that heart scare. I think it was going into 19, like his last offseason. He had the, the heart surgery. So, you know, he's had a lot going on. So it's good to see him. I think he's in down. the outfield with a lefty catcher's mitt. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh. Catch some bullpens, maybe. Right? It's crazy. And I'm sure they love having him around. I'm sure they oh, love yeah. the players. Love it. I mean, to a certain extent, like. I don't know. Let me go through the 60-man roster. Do we really need all 60 of those guys? Like, sign him to not play, you know? Yeah. Don't go in a game. Just make him captain. We've had guys retired, unretired before. Pettit, Clemens. Louis Soho? Yeah. Louis Soho, only man to play in a Legends Legends game. Old-timers day game. And then uh, play again in the regular season. That's good trivia. Yeah. Yeah, he played and then he got, and then he got signed. Because Johnny Damon, remember like a couple of years ago, Johnny Damon went deep and like he was looking for a contract. Yes, he was, and I love how Damon identifies himself as a Yankee and, and not a Red Sox, even though he played way more years there. Um, he comes back to Old Timers Day and he definitely identifies. Well, the Red as a Sox Yankee. hate him because he yeah. left. You know, <laughs> he didn't leave us to go to Boston. So, man, Fair. well. Listen, we, we've seen some baseball, which is great. Hopefully we'll see more baseball. Uh, it's now like a quarter to seven, so this inter-squad game is going to start. We're going to start watching it. Hopefully this show is over in like a minute or two. If you see more time on this, something bad happened, and we had to get back on the internet. We're screwed at that point. Yeah, we are. Nick is crying for the next 15 <laughs> minutes if there's 15 minutes. 100%. Ah, well, um, yeah, we, we don't know where this is going to go, but 
it was it was just good to see some baseball and it got me thinking like oh man how can we get together with nick to watch a game um yeah it's i want life back i want life back give me, me too man we we got stuff to do well you can follow nick on twitter at n kirby nyy you can follow me at jj from the bronx i have a big announcement on friday if you like dogs uh so follow me uh, follow me on Instagram. Follow the show at George's Box Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. Maybe eventually I'll put some content out there. But there haven't been games, so I don't feel like running a social media handle. But follow it. Listen, tell your friends. If every one of you tells one person to download this, or just go to like an Apple store and download it on every phone there, or whatever, it you know it doubles the user, the listeners, and we appreciate that. Um, we don't know how this season's going to end. Uh, But if it ends with a parade, we're having it, and we'll see you at the parade. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.